Welcome back to Enlighten Up for episode 55, Manifesting via Orgasms, Cancers, Anger, Frequency, and Leveling Up with Jessica Alstrom. We have a great show set out for you today because Jessica has fantastic insight through her own self-discovery process on leveling up. We're going to talk about later in the show what it means to level up and the parallels of video games to our life challenges. Many of us think that as we do our self-discovery, life should get easier, but in fact, it gets harder. So why is that? And how can we change our perception of these problems into challenges so that we can embrace them and face them with a kind of rocky mindset where we're ready to go get them? Uh, We're going to talk about the universe flatlining our reality so that we can start over with what we actually want and how the universe does that by clearing our path. We're going to get into quantum mechanics. And of course, we're going to also talk about cancer as Jessica has healed herself from fibromyalgia and that she noticed with uh, many clients that cancer has the same frequency as anger. How do you heal cancer going deep into the cellular biochemistry? And of course, how can this show not be fun when you're talking about orgasms? We're going to talk about how you can actually detoxify your body through masturbation and of course, how you can bring abundance into your life through your very own orgasms. So without further ado, let's jump right into the episode and find out all of the great stuff Jessica has to share with us. Welcome back to Enlighten Up, everyone. I hope you're all doing very well. I'm here with Michael, Lisa, and Brian. And today we have uh, Jessica Alstrom uh, joining us. And Jessica is a spiritual teacher, intuitive life coach, medical intuitive, author, radio show host, and winner of the 2016 Soulful Award for World Server. Wow. She's also a co-owner of Transcendence Wellness Center, founder of the Transcendence International Consciousness Academy and creator of the online global coaching forum, Quantum Life. Uh, Jessica, welcome to the show. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you guys? We're all great. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm really excited to have you on uh, because you do a lot of great stuff and including you have a wealth of knowledge in quantum physics, and it looks like biochemistry and early childhood development, energetic communication. My goodness, you have a huge resume. How did you get into all of this? Well, like I was talking to you guys a little bit offline, um, nothing challenges the mind like trauma. And I was, you know, one of those kids that had early childhood trauma and you know came came from a broken home and decided that from a really early age just things didn't make sense like i always had questions and i always i always questioned people's behavior and i didn't really realize it but i was pretty much an intuitive kid you know someone would say something and i would hear the echo of a different conversation and it was like someone would say you know like hey how are you doing and you're like you're fine and then underneath you're like they're so not fine you know and so it was like that that level of empathy of understanding that there's a couple of different voices going on there and there's a couple of different um, qualities that make up the human experience and through my own kind of self i'll just call it self-loathing you know it's like by the time i was 18 i just really wanted to figure out why I was here, what the point of all of this was, you know, was God real? Was, you know, is science the key? You know, what the hell is the subconscious mind and why is it seem to be sabotaging my reality? And then the whole new age spiritual movement that was kind of coming on the scene. And and so I just, 
I had questions and I'm one of those people that are not, I don't listen to what people say and take it as my belief system. Like I have to have cold, hard evidence. So I remember reading this book and I don't remember what it was, but it was old school. And it said, all of the answers are within. So I decided that I was going to make my life a living experiment and that I was going to test the law of attraction. I was going to test all of these laws of physics that pertained to all these new age ideas. And I was going to be the guinea pig of my own reality without opening my mouth and sharing my philosophy. I wanted to see if I could manifest money through my thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. I wanted to see if I could repair my own nervous system damage of I had autoimmune disease. I wanted to see if I could repair my biochemistry through the use of focused epigenetic training. And basically, by the time I was 35, I had healed some major trauma within. I had um, opened up a small franchise of organic products that marketed, you know, green organic smoothies. And I was basically doing like backdoor sideways life coaching that dealt with quantum reality that was not mainstream in Kansas, let me tell you. And I was helping people basically dematerialize cancer and shift their entire focal points of their reality. But really it came from hardcore self-study and perspective. Um, I put every quantum theory that I had to the test on myself. Before I opened my mouth publicly about any of this, I wanted to know what was truth and what was fiction and is there any difference between truth and fiction and are we all just in this holographic universe seeing ourselves through the eyes of our own imagination? You know, I mean, these were the questions I was asking myself at like 20 years old. And, and basically like now, you know, with pretty high assurance I can go up against any neurosurgeon or doctor or, you know, anybody on the planet and have a conversation about quantum mechanics, spirituality, and how it, it is the, the gap and perspective of, of what is absent in science and, and where like one door closes, another door opens. Because to me, science is like, you know, one room of a house and spirituality is the rest of the house. So it's like, and to me, I don't even like the term spirituality because I came raised with a lot of dogma attached to those words. So to me, I want to call the journey like self-realization. We're not here to find God. We're here to realize that we have God the potential. We have the potential to be that essence. So again, like you said, God doesn't exist. And it's a metaphor for there's nothing really outside of you, which there's truth to every, every idea. So the atheists have it right. The spirituality has it right. But again, it's one tiny spectrum of the whole micro and macro organism that is the universe. Well, you really speak with like a lot of conviction. I already believe you and I, you don't even have to tell me anything. Like that's how much strongly you come across. Um, but I love that you used your life as a living experiment. I think we've, I mean, Brian's tried a couple of experiments to see if he's felt anything. And, you know, through a couple of exper experiences with Michael, he's had some interesting stuff, but what do you say to people who have the odd experience here or there, but then they start to doubt everything? Well, I mean, it's part of your subconscious makeup. You know, I, I like to teach that the, there's three there's three aspects of you. You know, the yogis call it mind, body, soul. I call it the me, myself, and I. And 
And the way that I break this down is that's basically all there is in the universe is the me, myself, and I. And the me is kind of like that disassociated critic inside of your head that doubts you. It's it's the kid that never gets picked for the softball team. It's your mother's voice. It's your haters. It's your it's your limits. It's your disassociation. It's it's all of those things. And that's that's kind of something that society hand delivered to you before the age of seven. And and then there's that that inner like visionary inside of you. And there's that you know no matter what's happening, you're always seeing the the other side and you're seeing the potential in yourself. And then that's the, that's the, I am, which the spiritual movement refers to that, that source within you or that, that consciousness inside of you, that real truth that's connected with all the other algorithms of the universe. And then the myself, what I call the myself is the body and the body is hold is the bridge. The body is the bridge between that small, wounded, mortal version of you and that pure, positive potential and immortal version of you. And the body's kind of holding it all together. And what I talk about pain and trauma and and basically contradiction and self-sabotage, it's when those two perspectives are literally at war and they're literally causing the body to be in pain. Because I can look at a body and I can see cancer, but if I ask a little bit deeper question and look inside the cancer, I can see I can see the frequency of anger. And anger is the same vibrational essence of what cancer is. And so I can say, you know, are you still pissed at your mom? Are you still pissed at your dad? Are you upset with yourself? And we can navigate through the frequency of the emotional connection and we can have a byproduct change in the biochemistry. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I mean, Lisa and I are like, like you, you're spoon feeding us like our favorite dinner right now. <laughs> I don't know, Michael, Michael, Brian, what do you guys think right now? If you can do that, why isn't cancer cured? Oh come on, you well, guys I mean, know you, that. You guys, hey, you know what? I can go to. I can I'm, go I'm exactly. dead serious. I don't. I don't yeah. want to hear. Let's go. Let's go head no, to head with that question. No, seriously, don't even Let's start go. with the programming yes. shit. No, I, people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars, even millions of dollars to save themselves from cancer. You can, you, you can talk like to the cancer and out. figure it out. It's very inexpensive like, okay, so, so far. Why is there cancer? I understand. Well, first and foremost, are we asking the question, why yeah, is there cancer? I mean, or why is this not the solution everywhere? Because those are two different questions. Uh, potato, potato. Right. No. no, it's not, Brian. Get clear on your question. Why is this is not this? I want to know why it's not the solution no, everywhere. Because I know a lot way. of people are going through well, cancer. You know, if we're going to send them your really way, talk, why not? If we're going to get really deep, then there has to be some sort of conspiracy <laughs> theory too, as well, because. You know, sick people make really good clients and basically all wars are funded through big pharma. So people like me are basically shunned and called freaks and called, you know, we're called taboo. And I mean, the thing is, is if you look through the history books, the shamans that basically were on this planet from the beginning of the recorded word were doing exactly what I'm doing, but I'm doing it scientifically because my job is to bring proof. So I have hooked many clients up to EEG machines, which tests the brain span of what's happening emotionally in the body. And through that perspective, we can see the shift and change. So it's my job as a visionary, as a teacher, to represent the spiritual community and bridge the gap between ignorance and basically money. Because cancer is a money game at this point. There's been a cure for cancer since it was created 
And I will tell you, it was created. So if it's created, then every problem has a solution because this is a universe of duality and you cannot have a problem without the existing solution in the exact same universe. Yeah. And you know what? That the reason why I, I am just so frustrated with you asking that question, not because you're not justified in asking it, but with all of the conversations we've had on this podcast about the pharmaceutical industry, how they, how, you know, the food industry likes to keep us sick. And then, you know, what the battle, the people who are trying to go into alternative medicine have trying to prove themselves that other stuff works, you know, and getting called what she said, like a conspiracy theorist or a quack, or, you know, there's people aren't just so willing to believe it. And so they're not willing to try it. They believe that doctors are there to serve them to their highest good. And so most people are going to go to traditional medicine for their help. They're not going to go to people like Jessica. Well, and let me take it one step further. Let me take it one step further because the thing is, is I don't have the magic pill. Nick, Nick. I have the, lo I'm the, I can locate the issue, but it takes the individual to go on a, on a journey within to heal their own cancer. I can't put my hand on you and say, you're healed without your free will interaction because it is you that is creating the, con the cancer. So it is you that has to dissolve the cancer by taking responsibility. And let me clarify that word, responsibility, the ability to respond. How many people do you know who actually respond to their own needs, respond to their own well-being, respond to their own health? Everybody wants the quick fix. Everybody's on WebMD. Everybody's looking outside of themselves for the answer. And what I'm saying is, is I'll take you on this journey, but the answers are located in the trauma with your dad or the issues with your mom or the fact that you were abused or abandoned or rejected or the fact that you didn't ha feel safe as a child and take them into those places. And you know what? I'm telling you, for the most part, 90% of the collective isn't ready to go into the depths of hell of themselves. So it's not a market yet where the world is awake enough to take responsibility for themselves. Because when I cured my autoimmune disease and I had fibromyalgia, it took some deep, 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 and what I call shadow work, which is alchemy, diving into myself and taking responsibility for my own shit in order to heal myself. I didn't have, you know, a bang out, drag out with my mom and say, how could you do this to me? I had to face myself in the mirror. And that was the hardest thing that I've ever done. And that's why I take people through mentorships. Because I said, you know what? I'm not your guru. You're your guru. But you can look in the mirror and you can see yourself through me. And I will hold space for you until you self-realize that it is you creating this. And then that's where the magic is. But that's not a mainstream, you know, that's not, I mean, people still, they want the quick fix. They want the psychic reading. And I said, you know what? Screw the psychic readings. Because when I look at the quantum field of potential, I can tell you five probabilities that'll happen to you tomorrow, depending on where you're focused. But if your focus changes, your reality changes. So psychics are looking at one timeline or one version of the future based on the current vibration or focal point of the individual. Does that make sense? We talked about this in our last podcast yeah. about how difficult it would be to predict something because of so many different yes. possible outcomes. And that's why when people call me and say, hey, can you tell me this about myself? I said, okay, so like, really, do you want to know the answer of what you're about to manifest? Or do you want to know the potential of what you could manifest? Because I can take you into a couple different directions. And most people, if they're calling a psychic, 
they're in a lower frequency of desperation, doubt, fear, judgment, or shame. And so what they're going to manifest is not what they want to hear. Interesting. Yeah. Nicole and I have definitely learned, I think, a lesson this year or, you know, the past year about looking more inside than outside for guidance that, mm-hmm. that realizing that we know what it is and we don't have to ask. Yep. Yep. I will tell you, I opened up a wellness center in 2014 called Transcendence and it was wellness through awareness. And my entire purpose and intention was to take people through their own wellness by using their own awareness, which means they needed to level up. And, you know, I, I, I do quantum healing and I do a lot of energy work and I, you know, I do a lot of the hands-on stuff. But what I noticed is people kept going back, coming back to me next week, the next week. And I'm going, why are you back? We just worked on this. We just fixed this. And so what I realized is that until people actually have the education behind all of the philosophy of the holographic earth game that we're playing here, they're going to keep coming back sick because the frequency changes only through the emotional state of being. So if my emotion is that I'm in fear and I go see a psychic or I go see a healer and then the healer reorganizes my frequency and my energy body, and then I go back into my toxic relationship, guess where I'm going to be in a week from now? I'm going to be at my Reiki practitioner. I'm going to be at my massage therapist. I'm going to be at my chiropractor. And I got really tired of that. I got burnt out. I had three wellness centers and I closed all of them. And I opened up Transcendence Consciousness Academy, which is basically, it's a university of taking responsibility and awareness of your own shit. I mean, the whole university is based on teaching quantum mechanics at a fourth grade level, teaching basic self-realization and awareness training, hypnotherapy through conscious states of awakening, energy medicine, epigenetics. So everybody had a toolbox big enough where they would never have to look outside of themselves. I was just having a conversation with, with someone about this yesterday, just the fact that to really wrap your head around the idea that you're never, ever a victim. And if you can take responsibility for everything in your life, that that truly is empowering. Like you, you immediately just get to take your power back Yep. because you're not looking outside of you for it at your spouse or your children or, you know, the government or medical Mm -hmm. industry or anyone. And you say, no, I, I am the one, my choices are the reason that I'm here. Exactly. Or the way that I think about things. And yep. I just think that it's truly the most empowering thing is to just completely 100% get rid of that victim. Yep. I actually idea. do. I mean, I do a process called time travel and you guys, you, you critics are going to love this, you skeptics. But what I actually do is, you know, like you said, we are never a victim. We always can take responsibility. But for the first seven years of our life, our brain is in a state of theta. And if you understand brain waves, what theta means is in a constant state of, of learning and channeling and experiencing and adapting and observing without necessarily deciding whether it is right or wrong. So it's almost like a brain without judgment that's a sponge. So, you know, defining what love looks like by watching mom and dad's relationship, defining what love is based on how you're being treated. 
That's why love usually comes with the fear of loss right behind it or the worry or the grief that is associated with it. The word God gets programmed early on and creates all kinds of havoc. So when these first seven years of us not in a state where we could be conscious and say yes or no to the belief systems that are being spoon fed us, then what we need to do is as we grow up and those patterns begin to manifest in our reality, which means like the alcoholic dad, you're going to manifest in your first relationship and you're going to basically be rolling these quantum patterns into everything based on, you know, needing daddy, needing mommy, not being seen and heard, not feeling love, not feeling safe. You roll these patterns into your reality. And so what I do is I say, okay, well, you may not have been present for your first seven years of being able to to create your own belief systems. But as soon as you become aware, as soon as you wake up or get woke or whatever you want to call it, it is your responsibility to go back and rewrite the script. Because if you look at the holographic experience of a human, everything is just recorded in moments of sensation and feeling. And so what I can do is I can take someone back to 18 months or three, three years old, and I can have them take their power back, which means they, they can change their mind, rewrite the story of what actually occurred in at year three. They can take their power back. They can change the script. They can flip the script. And then I, I, I take them through a journey of changing it in their biochemistry because cellular memory is what's holding the frequency of the emotional trauma or, you know, displacement or disassociation or whatever is going on. And so what I do is I teach people how to basically get in their body instead of escaping it, open up the cellular memory the memories come up, the emotions start to flow, the tears, the anger, the rage, whatever begins to come. I have that child because they literally start talking as a child, go back into those moments and take their power back. I can't tell you how many times I had my mom arrested or, you know, like I went back and had changed the script just so I had empowerment within my own body. And because everything is run through hormones in the body, I can bring someone into oxytocin. I can bring them into um, the endorphins and the dopamine by taking them through a guided meditation journey and rewriting their entire hormonal track around a certain incident that basically was adrenaline spiked and I'm replacing it with oxytocin. So I can take someone in the most ex extreme toxic moment of their life and change the frequency of the biochemistry or the cell and turn it into oxytocin and and they can literally have a completely different memory of the experience. And the memory, because we're at the core of ourselves, electromagnetic energy, our cells are the magnets that manifest reality. So if I'm traumatized, I keep manifesting traumatic events. If I'm excited and blissed out and joyful and a genius, then I'm going to magnetize myself to that because everything is just a mirror. Yeah, you know, I completely agree with you. The especially I was, you know, I started off as a massage therapist when I entered the alternative wellness industry. And I can't tell you how many times people would break down on my table into tears and have no idea why they were crying. Yeah, they weren't thinking exactly. of anything. They weren't, you know, it's not like they had a bad day or something traumatic has happened that week. And they just they're like, I'm so sorry, I don't know why I'm crying. And I'm like, your cells hold your memories, your cells mm -hmm. hold your emotions is something's just getting released. And yep. Yep. A, a lot of people don't realize how much we carry in our body. Right. The whole story of, of everything that we believe ourselves to be is carried at a cellular level. 
And that's where my love of biochemistry comes in because accessing biochemistry and quantum mechanics, it's almost like quantum mechanics is the macro and biochemistry is the micro of our experience. So, and you can see that it's a perfect reflective match oh, of what's going on. Yeah. You know, so when I was doing massage therapy as well, I learned live cell microscopy. Do you, mm-hmm. so for me, for what you're talking about, it was so important for me to see what the cells actually looked like because I'm such a visual person. And so, and it's so crazy because I literally, the video I'm releasing tomorrow, I talk about this. So it's really funny that this is coming up right now. And for me to, under the microscope, see my red blood cells, see where there's liver damage, see where like I'm vitamin C deficient, see, uh, you know, like if there's toxins that they're coming up as bright different colors in my bloodstream under the microscope, like just being able to see that allowed me to be able to close my eyes, use my imagination, go into my body and start cleaning it up in my mind. Yep. And I just don't like, because (laughs) when you start to use your imagination, which I know a lot of times we get, you know, crap for and being like, oh, you're just in your head. But when you really start to use your imagination as a tool to really manifest what you want in your reality, as you call it into your hologram, then like, you really do have a lot of power and control over anything that you want it to be. You have all control. Yeah. You have absolute control because you have a choice where you flow your consciousness. And to me, I define imagination is I am magician. So I always know that where my frontal cortex is basically produce, helping me produce the the perception of my imaginary quantum unlimited potential versus my memory systems of my brain that are holding me in a constant state of anchoring and, you know, um, attachment. So yes, I mean, we can prove that basically the brain is producing the holographic experience through what we, what the yogis or the new age people will call the third eye. I'm going to call the frontal cortex. And that is literally like a projector that is projecting out the reality that either you choose or your default looking at from the past. So you have a choice in every moment. And honestly, choice is the only thing that we actually own in this experience. We don't take the body with us. We don't take anything. We've got choice. I can look at what I choose to see and where I choose to go and what the potential of a good or bad situation is, or I can live on default of the past experiences and I can limit myself to basically recording 75 years of repeated patterns until my body destroys itself because of the trauma that it's created within not ever moving out of a box. Oh, I'm, um, I know our skeptics have been silenced for a while and I don't know if it's because they feel shut down or because yeah, he makes so much sense. <laughs> so ask the questions no, so the, that you the, don't you guys, say you guys go way past so fast and you and, and Lisa are eating the shit up and Brian and I, I'm pretty sure are just sitting there going, <laughs> okay, it. whatever, whatever you say. I mean, you just basically said 90% <laughs> of people aren't curable for cancer. So that's why that's a problem. And, but, None of us are like really ready to accept any of this stuff. And, and I mean, it was just to me, it was well, pointless I mean, the last 10 minutes. I hate to say it, Jessica. Why? No, no why problem. was it pointless? This is what because, we're dealing with collectively. Yeah. So I'm used to this. Brian, what are your thoughts? Maybe <laughs> I'm just completely off balance here. Oh, no, you're not passing that no, buck I, on I, me. I, 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 like, okay, you just rambled off. And this, I'm just saying this. As if you're in the same room, Jessica, is you're you're just rambled off a whole bunch of things 
and Lisa and Nicole are like mm-hmm. your cheerleaders rooting, rooting, rooting. And I'm like going, <laughs> okay, but, okay, but. And it's like you just go probably 100 miles past the exit. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. But like I didn't want to interrupt your flow. And so it's like I was just asking, why aren't you making money off of cancer curable? And you went to first seven years of your life, you're not like God's your enemy. I mean, you, I was, like, what the hell are you talking about? I love it. <laughs> I, were you not listening to I anything she okay. said? No, I was. I was. I, I just stopped listening. I'm sorry. You're right, Nicole. No, it's totally good because you know this is, you know, I don't have these conversations with you know, my neighbor next door, or even necessarily my boyfriend, because these conversations, like, to be honest, are are, are pointless, unless you're trying to educate someone in, in their own game. So it's like, these aren't conversations that are the mainstream yet. But if we wanted to go deeper into the revolution evolution that is underway, I could tell you that the 90% of people who aren't ready yet will be. And they will be because people are starting to ask questions and people are starting to wake up to the fact that the Western medicine is not making them healed and well, and they're realizing the band-aids. And also in that being said, when, when people are wanting answers, I mean, the whole brain is designed to problem solve. So when people want answers, the brain will go looking. And isn't it interesting how the last, what, 20 years, all of the ancient information is starting to kind of trickle back forward shamanism, you know, the, the, the Aboriginal cultures and how they dealt with, with illness and how they dealt with um, all these things. And I, one of my favorite groups in our collective to work with for myself is veterans. And I love working with our veterans because, you know, it's, it's such a cool situation that they go through, you know, not to mention like, you know, the first seven years of their life, but here is a group of people who are basically programmed outside of their choice and then thrown out into a situation where they have to behave critically under the duress of these new belief systems that they're programmed in a short amount of time. And when they come out of that, there's no like, there's no, there's no place for them to rehabilitate and go back to their natural state. So they're basically thrown back out into the collective. Right. And you know, and we've got, we've got suicides and we've got drug addiction and we've got sex addiction and we've got all these things. And I, and, and people are like, oh, that's so sad. I go, no, basically our veterans are trained adrenaline junkies. And when they come back, they're still trained adrenaline junkies. So that means that the wife becomes the enemy, the, the, the job becomes the enemy because that's what they're trained to do. So the brain is plastic, it's neuroplasticity. So if, if we can program a brain to do something or be something or have something, then we can create it, we can deprogram it. And that's really where the science, the future is going to be. I'm getting ready to put together my TED talk about this group because there's no difference between a traumatized child that had to live in a house for 10 years under constant duress and adrenaline versus, but versus our veterans. So with him saying, you know, oh gosh, 90%, what's the fucking point of all of this if no one's actually awake? That's not true because people like myself and people like that are in our industry that are constantly saying, you know what, I'm not going to take no for an answer. I'm not going to take sickness for an answer. I'm not going to take poverty for an answer. I'm not going to take segregation as an answer. It's like, that's why we call ourselves spiritual gangsters because why not? 
You know, I wanted just to to answer Michael's question or just to go back to this cancer thing and simplify it a little bit. I mean, we've talked about this on numerous podcasts about big pharma and the programming that goes on. And we have been so programmed to be disempowered that it's really hard, you know, for the 90% of the people to latch on, including yourself, Michael, that you are empowered to cure your own cancer. I, you know, we're the, taught the funny thing from is, the moment Steve we're Jobs born, thought that too, and look where he's at. I mean, it's like you you have these these the, this stuff that you guys are telling us, and I'm not talking about big pharma. I'm not a big fan of big pharma. You guys know that, but like you're sitting there going, oh, just you know, fix yourself on the inside and you'll be fine. And no, come I, on, that's not fair. She says that you have to go deep and go into dark shadow. It's not just a simple I'm quick sorry. fix. Let's I'm talk sorry. About- Go let's deep and Steve fix Jobs yourself. Because, okay, yeah, my but bad. It's, it's, my... No, let's, let's talk about Steve Jobs because I actually researched him because he had a lot of good quotes that I dug into because I was like, yeah, I like what he's throwing down. But when I looked in his life a little bit deeper, what I realized is that beautiful Steve Jobs was a philosopher. There's a very big difference between a philosopher and actually walking your talk. You know, just because I have the answers to the universal questions does not mean that I'm living them. It does not mean that I'm a walking, talking representation of what I teach. How many teachers, how many coaches, how do you, how many of those are actually doing what they teach about? So when we see- We, we teach what we most need exactly, to learn, Exactly, because the, that's why I didn't come public with any of this stuff till I had made my six figures, till I had- healed my body till I had fixed my childhood till I had repaired my my relationship with my own kids, you know, cleaned up my crap from the past. There was no way that I was going to go out into the public and be a philosopher. Philosophy is dead. It is all about who are you transparently. It's not about authentic because Steve Jobs came across authentic. To me, there's a big difference between being authentic and being transparent, which means transparency is come look in my bank account, come spend a week with me and my kids, come see how I treat my body, come see who I am when I'm not in the public eye or I'm not on the stage. And and then we can have a conversation about how all of this works. Because the people that are sick and broke, which is why I never went to a healer, which is why I never followed a guru, because I would study them and then I would be like, their life's a fucking mess behind closed doors, but they've got all the right words. I wanted to find someone or something that was actually a living, breathing, you know, prophet of what they're saying versus a guru, because I don't associate with that. So I get where you're going with it. Yeah. And Brian, I think, I don't know if you remember, like we actually talked about this on an episode and you said, yeah, but you know, that's a long, like people have been saying that for years. And I'm like, yeah, they've been saying it. They haven't been doing it. Like, it's it's a right. huge difference. It takes a lot of work yeah. to really go deep and, and, and go into the shadows. It's not something that happens overnight. And it sometimes takes decades. It's especially mm-hmm. if you're trying to figure it out on your own and, and you don't know anything, anything else to do. Like you don't have someone guiding you. And so like, right. it's, it's, it's really a journey. It's, and it's never ending. It's never ending. Never. No, but it gets super fun. I don't think people want to. It gets fun when you learn the rules of the game. To me, as soon as you understand you're not a victim and you create your reality and, and, you know, it's all just a a dream that we'll wake up from, it's virtual reality. As soon as you realize that it's virtual reality, then you can start being the code 
creator. You can be the coder of your own game. You can edit, you can direct, you can act, you can whatever. And I will tell you the last year has been exactly that for me is I've been basically writing my own reality through my own coding, which means, you know, understanding frequency and vibration and going, okay, if I'm in the frequency of fear, what can I really create? If I'm in the, if I'm in a frequency of anger, what kind of reality can I create? But if I'm in the frequency of maybe curiosity, you know what I mean? There's a lot more potential to that. And so I always stayed in a, in a space of curiosity, even when literally my life was falling apart, which it has several times during this process is okay. I'm going to stay in a state of curiosity and I'm going to ask questions about, you know, how is this helping me grow? How is this, you know, how is this trauma helping me? How is this setback? If we looked at the word challenge in the dictionary, it would actually say dual. And so there are no problems. There are just challenges, but you cannot access potential in a problem. You can only access potential in challenge because see a problem is like, see how that's so low? Like, well, there it is. We have no hope. 90% screw us all. We're, we're fucked. No, but if everything's a challenge, it's like, bring it on. I mean, isn't that a better mindset? Like curiosity, challenge, potential possibilities, Versus limitation. Exactly. Opportunity. Yeah. And like, that's one of the things like, you know, I learned is to take your fears and turn them into like lighthouses, like opportunities where your greatest potential is and stop, you know, looking at everything from, I, and I know this is a very, um, uh, you know, well-known thing, like the glass half full, but for some of us, many of us, you know, it's just the difference of, Everything that you have is in your left hand and everything you don't have is in your right hand. And we often choose to look at our right hand, what we don't have. And it's just a matter of perception. Well, the brain is actually programmed to look at what you don't have. I mean, the brain is programmed from a very early age to look and see what it needs to fill as the void. So as a collective, we are like, I could seriously for 30 minutes, give you the best compliments in the world. Uh, you're beautiful. You're awesome. You're intelligent. Great radio voice, blah, blah, blah. Love your work. Love your work. Oh, but you've got fat ankles. You know what you're going to remember at night when you rest your head on your pillow that I said you had fat ankles. You're not going to remember that for 30 minutes, I told you how amazing you were because that's not how the human brain is designed. It's brain. It's designed to be a problem solver. So now it's questioning its own identity. And now that's how we're controllable. Is because the brain is designed. So if we're going to use, you know, you've heard that that myth that humans only use 10% of their brain. Well, I'll tell you, I'm using a lot more of my brain because I'm accessing different parts of my brain based on potential instead of limitation. Isn't that 10% the conscious brain, though, that 90% of what we're doing in our actions come from the subconscious Exactly, brain. but how do you make the subconscious Sub conscious? Because that's where your unlimited potential is. If you don't know what the hell is going on in there, you don't have access to it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, that's the whole beauty of meditation or at least having some time where you're self-reflective because <laughs> if you're yeah. not starting to pay attention to that little voice that, you know, we never hear, but as soon as you start to si go silent and then you start to pay attention to all the negative shit talk that you're actually got running in the background, but you never pay attention to because you're so busy with life or you, you're running on a million errands or you're talking to a ton of people and you never stop to just be self-reflective, then yeah, you'll never know what's going on in that subconscious. 
Yeah. And that's the whole, that's the basis of my work is to make the subconscious conscious because then you are accessing your basically unlimited potential because the subconscious houses a lot of negative dark events, but it also houses gifts, intuition, you know, what we would call miracles. And we access that from basically our own vibrant potential of knowing ourselves as the micro and macro of the universe itself. So I cannot access my potential through my memories. I have to access it through the subconscious, superconscious areas, which is the all knowing. You know, you guys have heard of the Akashic Records. You guys have heard of, you know, it's it's almost like I call Akashic Records. It's like the Google of the universe. It's like anything and everything. You don't, we're never actually learning anything. We're remembering. And if you look at that word, remember, put back together, reminding, you know. So we're not actually learning anything. We're just remembering. And the more that we remember ourselves, the more aware we become and the more we act on our potential, because that's what's wrong with our society. It's not that we're not educating ourselves. It's just that we're not showing up. We're not demonstrating what we're learning as, as a new age community. And that's what pisses me off about the spiritual community is there's so many people with a PhD reference of a conversationalists. They can go head to head me with conversationalists, but they're broke. They're talking behind people's backs. They're doing namaste behind your back. And, and, and they're literally like living in a vibration of lack and poverty and sickness. Some of the most amazing healers I've ever met have been close to death. And I'm like, what a contradiction. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's so much more important to be transparent than it is to be just a wealth of knowledge in this industry, which is why I don't associate with the spiritual communities, to be honest. That's why I stay completely quantum. I stay scientific. I call myself basically a living experiment. And yes, this, that, that people have named me a spiritual teacher, but I think that's just what looks good on a Google search at this point. That's how people will be able to relate to it. I think that's true for anybody though. What's that? To be Trans honest and transparent and real. I mean, that's that's how I've tried to live my life. I don't think it I don't think it's limited to spirituality no, or, you know, teachers. No, it's not. But if you really look at true people that are transparent, they're nowhere near perfect. You know what I mean? It's like the emotional journey of being here on this planet is that we get to experience emotions which means it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be pissed off. It's okay to be in grief. Sure. It's okay to experience things. And it's when we trap them down, that's when we lose our transparency because now we've got secrets. Secrets create dense energy. They create flaws. Flaws create lower frequency. Lower frequency basically turns you into a victim by default. But we're trained as a collective, you know, don't do that, don't feel that, don't say that, don't cry. I mean, early on, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, get your head out of the clouds, you know, you'll never amount to anything. And not to talk about your real problems, like not to be real about who you are and what's going on with you. Like it makes you less of a person or you're not perfect and you can't share those things with people. And, you know, on Facebook, we only post the happy right. pictures. I mean, that's the, that's the, the whole reason events. I posted that blog about orgasm and manifestation, because one of the things that I, that I teach oh, in biochemistry is the different satellite systems that are inside of your body called chakras. 
you know, and what the purpose of them are and how basically you've got, um, you've got a, a, a football team inside of you of seven players and they need to be all on the same team because they're communicating frequency to the universe. And that's, that's giving you a feedback of your own reality. And so it's like, to me, the, the greatest manipulation on the planet is our sexuality. And that is, if you study the, the ancient scripts, you know, the Egyptians were using orgasm for immortality. And here we are really going left or right, whatever you want to call it. But literally, when you study this stuff, you see the potential of the human body because it is technically microscopic, 80% non-physical and 20% physical. So it's like there's multi-dimensions going on in the human body that can only be accessed through basically focal points and potential. <laughs> Let's talk about that let's talk about that blog (laughs) yeah because i read that blog and i found it to be it just made so much sense to me because whenever anybody talks about manifesting the key element is the emotion and the feeling behind it you know not just visualizing what it is but actually feeling what it feels like to be there yep and so if you would share with yeah, us. Yeah, absolutely. So so the, um, the base, and yeah, I will tell you that that was one of my funnest experiments. <laughs> that was a good time, <laughs> me, myself, and I. I bet. <laughs> but really how I came to understand that is obviously taking all the bits and pieces of understanding both the, the micro and macro of the chakra systems of our biochemistry, of, of electromagnetic energy and electromagnetic energy, which is basically cell cellular memory and thought. Thought is electric. Cellular memory is magnetic. So the two of those are charged. And, and then what is, and then like, let's go into like really what manifestation is. Manifestation is the byproduct of a divine feminine, and I'll, I'll clarify, and that is basically vision. Divine feminine is the vision. And the divine masculine is considered the action. So you need both vision and action to manifest anything. So think about how a baby is made, right? So you've got this this vision, which is the woman's created with the egg that's holding space inside of her body. And then you've got the action. The man is gifting the action side to the woman. And through ecstasy, hopefully, right, we're creating life. And so is there any difference between manifesting a car or your dream house or that awesome relationship or a healthy body? You're producing basically a baby. Your, your vision becomes real. So the idea in the universe is it takes a masculine feminine energy to create reality. And it has to be in the synchronization of ecstasy, which is the frequency of gamma. And gamma is basically like that love drug that people are paying high dollars on the street to get that you can actually have through orgasm. So I thought to myself, well, what if I, I accessed my second chakra, which is the sacral, which is my sexuality and my manifestation. That's my manifestation center. It's my creation and my sexuality. And I basically got my cells on board with my vision because if I'm visualizing a new car, it's in my mind. And my entire cellular system has to be driving that car for my body to believe I own that car and I am that car because the body deals with I am's. So I am that car. I've had an explosion of knowing 
And then I have the ecstasy of release, which is the surrender part of manifestation. And I teach manifestation extremely based on physics. So the first step is desire. The last step is surrender. Isn't that an orgasm? And, and that's like, that's also <laughs> like masculine feminine down to a T. Yeah. <laughs> the party's all in one. <laughs> and I will tell you, you know, and I'm not going to get into my childhood sob story, but there was a lot of sexual trauma in my first 10 years of life. And when I started doing this manifestational experiment on myself, I purified a shit ton of sexual guilt and shame by basically holding a very pure thought that was non-sexual and getting myself in a state of ecstasy and releasing, holding on to the focal point of my desired vision that was non-sexual. Talk about cleaning house vibrationally down yonder. Literally, like my whole game changed as far as how I saw myself, how I was in relationship with men, relationship dynamics. It's like all aberration began to disappear because I was cleaning up my own trauma because it, it exists there too. I mean, I ask women all the time and because nothing's off limit in my sessions, you know, what do you masturbate about? What's your go-to fantasy? And you'll be surprised how dark some of it is. And again, there's no judgment because it is what it is, but it's coming from guilt and shame, humiliation, fear, resentment, rejection. And so they're, they're trying to overcompensate with these fantasies. I mean, the number one fantasy in, in the United States that women use to orgasm by themselves is rape. Okay. So what does that tell you about what we need to purify? <laughs> yes. 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 That blows my mind. Yes. Being taken, you know, no, and I can, I can actually, I can actually believe that because that was actually um, in my younger years, that was actually one of mine too. Yeah, see? And it was, it wasn't so much rape, but like, yeah, it's more of like uh, it's more of like being of, taken and being dominated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and that's shifted now, but I'll be honest, that's definitely was for me through my late teens and 20s. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Because you know, in the universe, we're always constantly trying to find balance. So when we we it's like the 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 textbook narcissist empath relationship that we see everywhere. You know, it's like the narcissist is trying to balance it out with the empath and the empath is trying to find its power through the narcissist. And we're always searching for balance in the universe. And so we are literally, attra we're attracted to what it is that we need to balance within our lives. That's why we go searching for daddy in the toxic relationships and searching for mom in the toxic relationships because we're trying to find balance and harmony with our own, our own feelings. So <laughs> this is an interesting experiment that, you know, I'd, I'd like to challenge everyone on this call to try at some point yeah. <laughs> over, over, um, yeah, and post the blog, you know, so you can have the formula because it's important to stick yeah. with the formula. Otherwise you're just having a good time. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure our listeners would, would be interested in a show where we all try this technique and see if we actually manifest something or not. Well, and, you know, I, I, I encourage on masturbation. Air. Not on air, I mean, Brian. Even, even in my early years of just being straight, nutritionist, you know, I would put masturbate daily in their diet plan. And, you know, their husbands would call me and be like, thank you so much. But the reason why I would put that in the <laughs> diet plan was because as far as like 
the best detox in the world is you want to blow out some adrenaline and some cortisol in your system, get yourself into ecstasy. And ecstasy is, is basically oxytocin. It's a hormone that basically just turns everything into light inside your body. So it's the, it's what, it's the best. When you, when you say ecstasy, are you talking about physical ecstasy? I'm talking or are you about talking the emotion about the ecstasy. So the emotion ecstasy, which means it's just like you're blissed out for that second of orgasm and everything is right in the universe and you feel just everything, you know, you feel every cell. And, you know, like I said, people are paying big bucks to get that sensation through drugs but orgasm, even though it's only a second or a minute or whatever, it can clean the body out of so much toxins. It gets the oxygen flowing. It gets the balance. It's the chakras balanced. I mean, it really does a lot for your body. So even if people were just, and you know, a lot of people are like, oh gosh, I couldn't do that. That's, that's so frowned upon. Well, I mean, everything I teach is so far outside of the collective box that, you know, it, it's okay that people don't resonate with what I'm saying. All I'm saying is, is what it's done for me and thousands of my clients has been basically just purifying a, a biological system. Well, religions have, have pushed that narrative as yeah. far as, you know, it's not a thing that you should be doing. Like, it just doesn't even make any sense. Well, it makes sense because they don't right. want you to align your chakras and know right. your full empowerment. Yes. And they want to have, you know, the idea it's is like to keep you disempowered. The so, it's like back in the day, it was don't touch yourself. Don't look at yourself. Don't love yourself. Now they're going here, take this pill so you don't feel anything. You know, I mean, what's the difference? It's just technology has increased. Same programs running. Yeah. And we and I mean, we live in a right. society that really doesn't want us to go inward. Exactly. We, everything's outside of us. The answers are always out there. Um, you know, we're we're just never taught to really question what's going on inside of us and also have the social support around us when we are doing that. Like that is also very um, important mm -hmm. to maintaining uh, um, that kind of supportive health. It's not just coming from within, but when you have the support on the outside as well. Yeah. We don't have that. Like, it's almost like every man for themselves. And like, it's, it's just. Well, and that's what keeps, that's what keeps the society numb. You know, I just did a broadcast on my Facebook page a couple of days ago because I wanted to give a quantum perspective of the border crisis that was going on in the United States. And it was funny because Facebook flagged it and took it off my page, which I was like, interesting. I think I'll go live on YouTube, which I love. I mean, I just love that. So, you know, I love giving people a different perspective of, you know, I know that the collective is pushing this, the, the power is outside of you, you know, God is outside of you, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the power of YouTube to me and the power of iTunes and the power of these podcasts, that's why I love doing them, is because if you get one tiny nugget out of this 90 minutes or however long we're on, it could change the whole course of your life. I can't tell you how many emails I get that say, you know, your podcast about lightworkers or twin flames or whatever, like literally saved my life. And I'm going, all I did was tell you who you were or tell you, give you an explanation of what this is, you know, but it's like, this is our, this is how we take our power back is we are here to be anarchists and break the rules abundantly by using the ammunition of information and light. That is our job. We're here to literally be light anarchists and shower the planet with information. People don't have to take my, my what I'm saying as truth. They don't. 
But to me, something resonates or it doesn't. And to me, the word resonate, that means your residency. That's your home. That's where your truth. So if something resonates with you, hold on to it because in the sea of what doesn't feel good and what isn't right, we can access all of these amazing people out there like yourselves that are changing the world through speaking your truth, by showing up, by working on your clients. And it's like the hundred monkey effect. So how are we going to change this cancer problem is first and foremost, you know, people are, are literally 700% of, of the American diet has decided that they are interested in organic food in the last two years. What does that tell you? So, yeah, I mean, true. change is happening. And even though you don't see it in the fear report or the news, which is basically hypnotic programming of fear, just because you don't see what's going on in the news, that's not what's going on on the planet. Because there are people literally changing the world, taking problems and turning them into total solutions everywhere on this planet. And YouTube and iTunes and all of these forums give us a place to share that. And that's where our power is. But ultimately, that's still only going to reach people that want yeah, to Yeah, but again, 100 monkey effect. You know, if you know that story, that last monkey who was not washing his food finally decided that if he was going to be with everybody else, he was going to get on board. I mean, think about it. Look, yoga, trendy, right? Man meditation, trendy. Organic food, trendy. Veganism, trendy, right? So even people that are just bandwagoners are jumping on the consciousness train. And my feeling is, hell yeah, because eventually they're going to become what they believe. Does that make sense? And and I, you know, sure. just like you and, and with Lisa as well, we all kind of started on this journey in our teens, you know, like really becoming more aware. And there has been so much growth in the last two decades, yep. two and a half decades. And and it's if you're just kind of like paying attention to it in the last five or so, then it may seem like there's not as much. Um, but when you go back 20, mm -hmm. 25 years, it's monumental from mm -hmm. where we were to where we are now. Yes. And I think we just have to always keep the eye on the ball of moving forward and not looking at our progress of where we aren't yet, but where we are right now. Yes. Yes. The hand and full, I teach, not the one I that's teach empty. that we're here to take stock, not score. Because if we take score, we'll never be where we are because we're never going to get this done. You know, there's always going to be something new for us to evolve to. But if we take stock, you know, we look at what we do have to work with. It's almost like a chef can go into any kitchen and make a masterpiece, not with what it doesn't have, but with what it does have. And we are the chefs of our reality. And so whenever someone says, oh, well, you know, I, I didn't manifest this. I go, well, look at how far you came this year. Look, you're feeling better. You're in a better relationship. Just because you didn't have the million dollars yet does not mean you have not overcome 90% of the challenges. People are so programmed to take score of themselves and to judge themselves. And if we would just take stock, it's like, it's a hell of a good time. I'm, you know, you see, wow, I'm proud of myself. I've come a long way in a year or six months or two weeks. And that just changes the perspective. And I think also, too, we're programmed to give up just before that tipping point where everything starts to really change, you know, like there just yeah. seems to be this pattern with people of 
throwing in the towel right before. Well, you know why the palpable change. I mean, you know why. I mean, when I teach the holographic earth game, you know, think about it. When's the last time you guys played a video game or watched someone play a video game? Did it get easier? Okay, good. Did it get easier as you were about to level to the next level or did it get harder? (laughs) Right. Did it's, it, it gets harder and it feels it like it's coming from everywhere because at the end of the level, you're faced with everything you've defeated until the end. Okay. So you're, you're, you know, at the beginning you're dodging bullets and then you start dodging bullets and missiles and, you know, zombies and all these things. And by the end, you're dodging all of those things. And so, you know, somebody, somebody referred to it like a new level. There's always a new devil. Or what I say is, is there's always a dragon to defeat at every level of this virtual reality game. And you've got to say, it's like, it's almost like you say, I am this new person. And the universe says, prove it. And, and the universe is waiting for you to be who you said you were in chaos and destruction, because destruction is basically rebirth. So if we're here to basically rebirth ourselves through different levels of awareness, we're going to have to actually simultaneously destroy the old versions of ourselves and level up in each game, which scientifically is designed to be harder. It's physics. Yeah, I love that. That's a really great analogy. And it's so true. Um, and, and you're right, because I think just, you know, people are like, why? Because <laughs> Lisa and I have said, there's like, it's just so hard, you know, it, like, it's <laughs> and it's been like 25 years on this journey. And I, I myself have done a lot of deep shadow work, but I know there's still more to do. I'm not kidding myself. I know, and I know it's still there, but I think when you take stock, like you said, of all the progress and see how much better life is when you're you're acting from that new place of rebirth versus the old place where it was quite destructive to who you were and anything around mm-hmm. you, then it does give you that motivation to keep going. But if you don't take stock of it, then I can see why you would give up. Well, yeah, because it's like, here you are, you're doing better, you're feeling better, you're getting proud of yourself, you're getting some self-love, you're getting stronger, you're getting wiser, and then all of a sudden, your entire dark shadow past, you know, shines its weary head on you. And in that moment, the universe is saying, prove your state of being, show me your frequency, and I'll show you what's behind the door. I mean, you've heard this a million times, gurus say everything you want is on the other side of fear. So anytime, and this goes for you girls, because I know you're leveling up right now in life. And every time something starts getting really challenging me, I literally clap my hands together in like that, like evil genius laugh. And I go, oh my gosh, I'm leveling up. This must be the end of this particular journey, which means I'm going to level up into a whole new game, which means I'm going from the minors to the majors, girlfriend. And and, and there, then all my Makes power sense. comes back because we were just talking about not feeling like a victim. How about in that moment go, okay, everything's happening at once and shit just hit the fan and I lost my job and I lost my boyfriend. I want to give you a, a quick story of where this happened and with one of my clients. She came to me and she said, Jess, I want to be happy. And I said, okay. I said, okay, but you realize that if you're, you're asking the universe to be happy, it's going to remove everything that's in the way of that. And she was like, bring it. In one week, her fiance called off the wedding. She lost her job of 16 years with some diamond center. And her boyfriend said she had to move out of her house in one week. And she came to me and she was like, basically ready to fire me. (laughs) And I go, I go, I go, what do you, I go, I go, everything's perfect. She was like, what do you mean? 
I said, you asked to be happy. All you did was complain about how you didn't love this fiance. You always complained about how they devalued you at work and that house that you lived in was not where you saw yourself. You asked and it was given. It's like you asked to be happy. So you, the universe flatlined your reality so you could start again. Exactly. And so she was like, okay, so we've literally rebuilt from the rubble. And she realized that she never loved that person, but that's just what you do in, in this society is you date someone for three years and you marry them. She didn't want to work retail. She wanted to open her own business. You know, it's like, again, that's that leveling up period is when you ask for something, you set a powerful intention. The universe starts moving mountains and breaking shit down to make way for you to be who you say you are. But usually at the ninth hour, the 12th hour, we go, uh, just kidding. I'm going back into fear. This is too hard. Everything's hitting me at once. And the universe goes, okay, well, when you're ready, we'll be here. We'll repeat this pattern when you're ready. And I can't tell you how many times I've been through that. But when you have this idea that when you're leveling up, it's going to get harder. It's like you just put on your favorite power playlist to work out like a beast and just power through it. You know what I mean? It's like, and then it becomes just like this amazing experience where you know that that's the end and that's and that it's not over, but it's just beginning. Yeah, I, f- I feel like this past year, you know, the more I delved into myself, the rockier things started to get like in my own head, just like, you know, ups and downs emotionally and just physically and just, you know, continually having to power through. But I think, you know, there is a well, yeah. there is a rainbow, you know, when- <laughs> you know, at the end, because if you continue on that road, it does start to get easier. At least for me, things started to balance out to where I understood that I was in complete control. And once I understood that I was in complete control, then it wasn't as scary as it had been in the Mm -hmm. past. Yeah. It's a cool way to think about it or to, to, you know, the idea of leveling up things, you're right. Things get harder and then you break through that wall and then, the beginning part of the next level is not as hard. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, but in the beginning, it's like, you know, walking past that room that you have in your house that's just your storage room, that's your clutter of all your past and your unfinished projects. And you keep walking by it and you keep walking by it. And one day you go, screw it. And you walk in and you turn on the light. That's why it gets so confusing. And your job is to go in there and organize it and confront it and take responsibility for it and clean it up. You know, because again, I I always, there was that term, ignorance is bliss. And I was like, that's really true. Because when you turn the light on to your own darkest places of your mind, you see how, what a clusterfuck it is. It's a shit show. So it's like, okay, now my job is to take responsibility and, and clean it up. And then. But is that, is that not why most people aren't ready for this journey? Yeah. Because. I mean, they're ignorant of where they can go, so they they have this perception of okay, I'm 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 happy, I'm blissful. Well, and you know, and there's a lot of fear. I think too, looking at this stuff. Exactly, ignorance is bliss. You know, as because I I I think of my parents. You know, we we try to introduce my parents to things and health, like especially especially healthful things. And, you know, like, Oh, watch this, you know, try to get them to watch some, uh, some documentaries or things that we have found really helpful. And they just, 
they just I don't think they can see it. I don't I don't think they can understand. Well, and it's it because at all. they choose not to. You know what I mean? It's like when when you've been going uh, identity is is extremely important to to part of the subconscious. And when you take that identity away, no matter how uncomfortable it is, it's like it's like you talk to the woman that's being abused and she says, "I just can't leave." You know, it's like there's an identity attached to that. You know, it's like, well, that would be failure if I left my marriage. That would be said that would be so hard if I changed my diet. I'm too old. You know, it's like, what's the point? Because and, and you know what? What we got to do is we got to love them where they're at and we got to be an example. So when people say, oh, my loved ones just won't wake up or they won't take care of themselves or they won't get out of fear. I said, so, well, how does the mama chick teach the baby chicks? Does she sit down and life coach them or does she walk her fucking talk? Does she act as an example and say, this is how you swim. This is how, this is what happiness is. So your job to your parents and my job to my children is to not preach at them or life coach them, but be the happiest version of myself because then I'm going to teach them what happiness is. If I tell them to be happy. I've seen a difference. in Yeah. I'm so ahead in, in his parents just watching yes. us because we've, we've changed our diet and just, we've talked about things with them, not preaching necessarily, but just, you know, this is what we're this doing. What we're and, and I've noticed the past couple of times we've gone out to dinner with them at a restaurant that Brian's mother actually is changing the things that she's ordering. She's making healthier choices. Right. Because no one wants to be preached just, at, but we are humans. So we learn through observation. We learn Mm -hmm. by watching others and we're going, wow, they're eating this and they look vibrant and they're happy and they're healthy. You know, they're doing this and they're abundant. You know, that's why I was going to say that's why like people won't hire a personal uh, trainer who's overweight. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Exactly. But it's so true. Like we've talked about this a couple of times on our show that being the model is the best way to teach people, not by preaching. Mm -hmm. And just by being you and putting out whatever good energy that you're doing as a result of like you doing that, people start to pick up on it. And the people that are actually interested in wanting to make changes with themselves ask the questions. Right. And I think the hardest place is for people who knew you when you were not your highest level of potential and that they re-meet you. And I have an example of that. You know, I'm 43 and my oldest daughter is 23 and my second daughter is 21. And so they knew me when I was unconscious and pretty much crazy. You know what I mean? They knew me at my darkest times. They were little. I was feeding their seven years cycle chaos. Trust me. And as I began to go on this journey and fall in love with myself through my own awareness, I realized very early on that telling them what I was doing and how they should do it was hypocritical because they saw me when I wasn't this person and all of a sudden I am this person. So who am I? So what I decided to do was literally just pull back and I started learning about conscious parenting and understanding that my job is to be an example and a reflection. My job is to be no different than the animal kingdom and and show through guidance how my life is working through my own expression, not by telling them who they are, what they should be. Oh my God, you have to read this book and you have to take this seminar and you have to do... It's like, they're like, really? No, thanks. We knew you when you were a loser. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so... And so one of the things that my daughter said to me, which was one of my highlights is she said, mom, you have been through hell 
She said, but I've never met a happier person in my life. And everything you set out to achieve, you do. And I mean, this is like me not telling her anything. This And like, I literally was like, oh my gosh, moment, mommy, moment. Oh my God, what a beautiful you compliment know? to come from your daughter. Exactly. And, and one of the things that I also teach people in intimate situations, because that word intimacy is into me, I see. So if you try to life coach or preach to your intimate relationships, it's going to go south because it's a deep reflection of your own ego within those people. So basically the best way for you to have really healthy relationships with super close people around you, your spouse, your, your kids, is to literally ask questions instead of give answers. So my daughter will say, well, where should I go to college? Should I go to Oregon or here? And I says, well, which one feels more exciting? Well, this one's over here. Well, where do you see yourself? You know, where do you see yourself in five years? You see how I'm not giving advice? Because as soon as I'm going, well, you should go here because of this, blah, blah, blah. It's like now I'm teaching her to not listen to her GPS inside of herself. Mm -hmm. I'm saying I have the answers. Great. So I have a whole bunch of conscious parenting on YouTube because my greatest spiritual teacher on the planet is my five-year-old. And I've watched his, his cycle unfold. And I did it wrong in the beginning with my older girls. And now I'm showing the example of what's right. And I'm doing it right with my little guy. And it's like, it's amazing to see the difference, you know, uh, teaching someone to feel their feelings and to have their voice and to listen to their own GPS and tap into their own intuition at five, which is just blowing my mind. Yeah. Wow. That's Thank awesome. you so much for sharing all of that. This is like been an awesome show uh i loved everything that you had to say and i just think it's so helpful to so many people who are ready to hear that kind of information um because it's empowering you're you're really empowering people to take the reins of their life to get to the helm of their ship and steer it in whichever direction they want to and so i just love that kind of um information. And it, I think that's really inspiring. So thank you so much for being on, Jessica. Absolutely. You can tell I, I enjoy what I get to do. So and I can I can tell you guys are just amazing. So I'm just glad I'm glad we got to connect. I'm glad we got to have this interaction. I'm glad that the you know, whoever gets to hear this will find some point or seed or residency with it. And you know, who knows? It's like, to me, it's just it's all about sharing. Yeah. It's, it's not about, you know, it's nothing about sharing and, and just us being able to come together and have these conversations that just get people curious. Well, I'm, I'm really curious about your university. So I hope we can put, um, I don't think we have time to talk about it now, but we can put it in the, the, sh the show notes. I, I, yeah, I'm going to leave all of uh, Jessica's information in uh, the show notes. But just re really quickly, Jessica, do you want to let people know where they can find you? Yeah, the best place, honestly, to find me is my website, www.jessicaalstrom.com. Or if you're a social media person, I use Facebook as my global coaching forum. I have a bunch of virtual classrooms. Um, we're in 106 countries right now. But I use Facebook because it can support um it can support my community the way it is. And, and that's going to be found under Jessica Alstrom quantum life on Facebook. I have a, a, a community group where I go in and share, you know, 
what's going on in the universe, what's going on in reality. I have a tendency to teach time, relationship, health, and money because that's really what we're all dealing with. And um, and then for people who are more ready, they can go into my private classrooms that are accessible on Facebook right there. So they can find me that way. Also, I've got about 300 videos on YouTube if anyone wants to geek out with me. Um, and that's Transcendence International, or Transcendence Wellness Center or Jessica Alstrom on YouTube. Awesome. Thanks so much. And uh, I'm going to practice your orgasmic <laughs> manifestation. Good. Today. I would love feedback on that. Make it something yeah. good. Yes. <laughs> I will. I will. And I'll let all the audience know as well. So good. stay tuned for that. Awesome. <laughs> okay, wow. everyone. Thanks for uh, joining us this week. And uh, stay tuned because we've got more great guests lined up for July. And Jessica, thanks again. I think we will have you back on for sure. Awesome. I can't wait. Thank, Thank you. you so nice much. meeting you guys.